And do you know how many people would probably like run away at the sight of dismembered legs? Yeah. Dude, there's a four foot bong and a bag of wheat by your bed. <laughs> Tillywinks, the parlor game for nerds, is nearing extinction. It's in my pod! It's in my pod! <laughs> I will find proof. <laughs> I'm very easily startled, Mr. Finkerton. <laughs> I don't know which regulation body would regulate the uh, penis ring that you were talking about earlier. <laughs> I'm ready to remain conscious as we record this show. Hey, welcome to Medical Stuff. My name is Mark. I am not shooting blanks, Frankum. And what? that is Chris. You're totally in denial, uh, Frankston over there. How you doing, man? Actually, you're not in denial. You have a daughter. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. So, so you at least, you at least <laughs> once. You, yeah, once. At least once. So we, we can all say that I've been with a woman once that was willing to claim me as the person of the father of her child. Yeah. 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 Um, actually. And, so this brings up a story from uh, Mark and I's <laughs> early partnership. Uh, there's a gal. Uh, let's just say that she had... Uh, go back and listen to our mental health episode. Anyway, so uh, she was having a hard time. And we had to extricate her from a situation. She's trying to mix chemicals to uh, cause a lethal inhalation. And uh, she was doing it poorly. Um I'm not like critiquing her. I'm not saying next time do better, ma'am. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, if you did this, this, and this, ma'am, we'd be in a different situation right now. Uh, so Mark uh, gets in there and Mark yards her out. And she did not find this an acceptable form of customer service. And she started <laughs> screaming at uh, Mark, uh, you don't have a whatever. And finally she goes, you don't have a dick. And I go, actually, ma'am, he, he has a daughter. So... <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna say that's proof positive. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> say that, that I'm not. Oh, was this the lady that like bought a package off the internet to do this? Yeah, she had like a it was like it, it was like a kit and it came in like a five gallon bucket. Yeah, yeah, she was in her bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and she hadn't quite completed it. Yep, and we I had do, an intern at the time. We did have an intern at the time, and the intern's like, I so. think that could have been done better. And maybe it could have, but I don't know. Our way worked. Bringing her, what, what getting her out of the house? Yeah. Yeah, the, okay. the intern felt that we were really aggressive. Well, we were. She was trying to kill herself with chemicals in a bathroom. Yeah, so we had to get her out really quick. <laughs> we had to get her out. So today we're going to be talking about female infertility. Uh, this is a listener idea. It comes from Zaysha Renee Cleveland. Thank you very much, uh, Zaysha, for the uh, nice, very nice email. I'm actually going to say, uh, Zaysha is a gorgeous name. It is. I, I love like that name. Yeah, Zaysha. The only problem I have with it is it's not spelled Zaysha. So damn it, Zaysha! Spell you your know, name the way we want it to be spelled. Name, but yeah, exactly. We're going to need you to go to court and have that uh, remade out so mm, we can read could. it. But gosh, you know, it for, is. Yeah. From so. now on, if you want your uh, show idea done, you have to top the prettiness of the name Zaysha. That's the new exactly. standard. It's the new baseline. Real or made up? Yeah. Don't care. <laughs> yeah, just get creative. And, you know, we'll still use your idea. Today's episode is brought to you by Peppercorn Unicorn Master. Like, wow, that's something else in there. was just going to go crazy. <laughs> so, female inter infertility. Yeah. Uh, infertility means not being able to get pregnant after one year of trying or six months if a woman is over 35. Uh, women who can get pregnant but are unable to stay pregnant may also be infertile. Pregnancy 
Brief overview here, a little synaptic overview of what's going on. Mm. So, a woman's body must release an egg from one of her ovaries. Yep. The egg must go through the fallopian tubes toward the uterus, uh, into the uterus. A uh, man's sperm must join, I like that, must join with the egg. Like, you know, <laughs> she was sitting at a, cafe, at a cafe, he came walking by, you know, they end up walking off hand in hand. Yeah. And then the fertile egg, fertilized egg must attach to the inside of the uterus. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. Based on some of the breeding that's been done in the county that we work in, I wish there were more steps and this was a little harder. <laughs> but in the meantime, this is how it's done. So we got called uh, one time, three o'clock in the morning, to uh, a breeding problem. And yep. I just thought I heard it wrong. It was a breathing problem. Oh, God. And we get there and it's out the west end of our county. And I'm in the hallway and I can just hear the captain just teeing off on a guy. Wow. He had called 911 because he was having an anxiety attack on a Saturday night at 3 o'clock in the morning, Sunday morning, because his girlfriend wouldn't have sex with him. Wow. <laughs> and so I kind of, he was in the room, a couple of the firefighters were in the hallway, and they were just like shaking their head. I walk up, I look at the, I look in the door from where, from the hallway, the lieutenant mid-sentence sees me, goes, you're canceled. <laughs> just starts shooting this kid out. I'm like, I looked at the firefighters in the hallway, I go, I'm going to go by before I get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think down. we're all going to end up in trouble just because we're in the vicinity. And he's going to start yelling at all of us. Yeah. So, <laughs> I feel like I should uh, just go to timeout now. Exactly. Uh, which I did at that point called post and we went there. So, yeah. And one of the things that I kind of want to point out about all this. So, yeah. So we essentially laid out four steps on, on how you get prego. Um, <laughs> This is a, the body kind of does what I, what I would refer to as a quantity, not quality method in the sense that it says a man's sperm must join uh, with and fertilize the egg along the way. So for every egg for, even though we're talking about female infertility for a male to be considered fertile, he's got to put out 2 million sperm or no, sorry, 20 million sperm per ejaculate any less than that uh, per egg 20 million sperm is what it actually takes well, for one the of problem them is, is, to nail the it. problem is is that you need that many because none of them will stop and ask for directions and most of them get lost <laughs> that's, that's right. and they won't admit it <laughs> no they no, absolutely not they admit will it. die before they admit that they're lost absolutely <laughs> <laughs> so um, infertility can happen if there are problems in any of these steps yeah now if you're using a condom, you're not infertile. No. <laughs> okay. you're just if somebody in the process has had a tubal ligation or a vasectomy, I guess technically you're infertile, but that's of choice. Anything yeah. else? I had a vasectomy. And did you? Yeah. Uh, did you have to wear the jock strap all weekend? No, that's so that's a choice um, that, that you can do. So I, okay. I, I will tell you this. Uh, if you are a couple and you no longer want to have kids, get a vasectomy. I'm a couple. There you go. Woo. Um, <laughs> get a vasectomy. Get a vasectomy. It's a lot safer than tubal ligation. Mm -hmm. Tubal ligation is oh, actually yeah. still very, very safe. But vasectomy is a lot safer. The recovery is a lot easier. And as a man, you're going to hear all sorts of horror stories. And yeah, they cut open your ball sack. But for Christ's sake, sack up, for lack of a better term, sack up and just get it done. Because I'll tell you what, this is what I did. I didn't take a single day off work. Now, our job is a little bit different because we have, I had three days off in a row, which is normal. And I got it done. Uh, after I got off of a night shift, I went and got it done. Uh, it was sore, but it wasn't bad. You just buy a pair of underwear that's uh, 
that's just one size too small. Keep everything in place. You just don't want a lot of moving. And you just sit on the couch with ice on your balls. That's mm-hmm. it. Uh, that's what I've heard why they say a jock strap because it keeps everything held in place. Yeah. Just do what your doctor tells you. And when you go in for it, it's a simple procedure. It lasts like 20 minutes tops. You go in. Mm-hmm. All they do is localized numbing. That's it. That's all you need. Min- minus the staff laughing at your junk. Right. Well, or uh, taking pictures. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> they were laughing at the pictures. Trust me. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but no, yeah. they weren't, Mark. No, they weren't. Stop. Uh, so anyway. So yeah, all they do is, is they cut it open and uh, you don't feel a thing. I mean, you feel a pinch when they go in and they numb it. And it feels the worst part of the whole entire thing is if you've ever gotten kicked in the nuts and you get that kind of sick feeling. You get that yeah. sick feeling during the process. You don't oh. get the pain we're getting kicked out, but you get that kind of little sick feeling. But then it's gone and it's over with. And that's it. Huh. Simplest damn thing I ever did. I I will say I probably went to be- back to work one day too early because there was still some swelling and, and I chafed like a motherfucker because I had to run around a lot that day. Um, so maybe right. one day off of work would have been good for me. But aside right. from that, I, I I'm a fan. Vasectomy is the way to go. <laughs> Okay, so about 10% of the women, 6.1 million in the United States, ages 15 to 44, have difficulty getting pregnant. Okay, actually, let's just go pregnant. back to my nuts for a little bit. Let's talk about this yeah, some more. Let's talk about Chris's ball This is why people more. tune in. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't, they, don't call, they don't listen to hear about your ball sack. They call in because we're both kind of a pair of ball sacks. Right, so. yeah. Well, we're a pair of balls in a sack. Exactly. <laughs> so, um... And that uh, 6.1 or 10% number is from the CDC. Oh, God. Who the fuck are they? So, causes. What can cause infertility in a female, Chris? All right. So, let's start with ovulation. Real quick. quick, This is... I feel the same way as I did in the transgender episode. Yeah. I feel the way I did in the OB-GYN episode. Oh, I said it. I've just lost all credibility to one listener. Oh, God. Sorry. The OB-GYN episode. Um... (laughs) That's actually, it's in one of our reviews. I got a, we got a one-star review from a guy because I said OB-GYN and lost all credibility. But apparently Chris is fairly knowledgeable. That is what cracked me up. And by the way, I'm going to point out, it's the a man, one-star the review. The man just talked for five minutes about his ball sack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have an episode where I describe a wet fart too. Uh, right. But, but I want to point out though, I love this review. It is a one-star review, but I love it. And I throw it in mm-hmm. Mark's face all the time because the guy just, he literally says, he says, uh, you know, the, the guy with the deeper voice pronounced it. OB Jin and lost all credibility. The other guy yeah. seems to know what he's talking about, though. <laughs> and I'm like, yes! Yes! I'm like, I'm carrying the show. But here's the other thing. I'm sorry. It does not, it does not take much for Chris to take the moral high ground on these things. A lot of times I have to make it up, though. <laughs> this time, like someone actually said. But here's the thing about it. Why is that a one out of five? I'm sorry. If half the team right. is good, that's a two and a half out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Two and a half for Crisp. The deep voice, yeah. the deep voice guy is kind of a ball sack. So yeah, yeah, I get that. So his rating didn't even make sense. So anyway, all right. So yeah, so causes. So we talked about those four steps earlier, and the first step of those four steps to getting pregnant is uh, a woman's body must release an egg from one of her ovaries. It's called ovulation. So let's talk about ovulation disorders. So ovulation disorders, meaning you ovulate infrequently or not at all, account for infertility in about a quarter of all couples. So uh, problems with the regulation of reproduction hormones by the hypothalamus or the pituitary glands uh, or problems with the ovary itself can cause these uh, ovulation disorders. So let's start with polycystic ovary syndrome. So, 
Real quick, we're going to get kind of in depth on this one because it was uh, in depth. We're going to get a little bit deeper into some of the in this than we are going to. There's going to be a couple we're going to get more in depth in. Okay. Yeah. So it's going to be like this one, then like, oh, yeah, and this and this, and then kind of in depth into another one. So. Yeah. So, uh, PC- with it. there we go. Uh, so PCOS or polycystic ovary syndrome. So polycystic ovary syndrome, it's a hormonal disorder and it's common among women, uh, of reproductive age. So women with uh, PCOS may have infrequent or prolonged menstrual periods, uh, or an excess male hormone, uh, or excess male hormone or androgen levels. Uh, so, uh, ovaries will develop numerous small connections of fluid called follicles and fail to regularly release eggs. So if you don't have an egg to fertilize, it's really hard to get pregnant. The exact cause of PCOS is unknown. Uh, early diagnosis and treatment, along with weight loss, may reduce the risk of long-term complications, such as type 2 diabetes and heart disease. And we'll kind of talk about how those things dovetail into PCOS uh, here in a little bit. Uh, so, signs and symptoms of PCOS vary. A diagnosis of PCOS is made when you experience at least two of these signs. First, Irregular periods. So, infrequent, irregular, or prolonged menstrual cycles are the most common sign of PCOS. For example, you might have fewer than nine periods a year, more than 35 days between periods, and abnormally heavy periods. Uh, Excess androgen or male hormones. Elevated levels of male hormone may result in physical signs such as excess facial and body hair uh, and occasionally severe acne and male pattern baldness as well. And also polycystic ovaries. So polycystic ovaries, your ovaries might be enlarged and contain follicles that surround the eggs. Uh, As a result, the ovaries might fail to function regularly. They might not actually be able to release that egg, or that might actually be a physical change in an ovary that prevents it from doing so. So uh, the exact cause of PCOS isn't... Hang on, I already said that. So, uh, but let's talk about a few factors that might play a role in the cause of PCOS. So, we mentioned earlier talking about type 2 diabetes. Uh, We do have an episode on diabetes uh, for more detail. Uh, But excess insulin. So, insulin is a hormone produced in the pancreas that allows cells to use sugar. It's your body's, which is your body's primary energy supply. Uh... If your cells become resistant to the action of insulin, then your blood sugar levels can rise and your body might produce more insulin. Excess insulin might increase androgen production, causing difficulty with uh, ovulation. Just a real quick breakdown on insulin, then I'll move on. The way basically insulin works is uh, the sugar molecule needs to get inside a cell to be used as fuel. Insulin make a really long story short it's it's the key master yeah to make a really long story short it takes that sugar out of your blood and puts it into a cell to be used so if the insulin isn't working either there's not enough of it uh, or there's something else wrong with the body that prevents it from working correctly your blood sugar will rise because it's not actually being burned by the cells that need it and that's why you have high blood sugar in diabetics so Moving on. Uh, Low-grade inflammation. So this term is used to describe white blood cells production of uh, substances to fight infection. Research has shown that women with PCOS have a type of low-grade inflammation that stimulates polycystic ovaries to produce androgens, which can then lead to heart and blood vessel problems. And then, of course, hereditary. Uh, Jesus H. Maloney. Heredity. Uh, by the way, Jesus H. Maloney is a fictional character that I have made up to avoid offending people of various religions and not using the Lord's name in vain. That being okay. said, I still say God damn it all the time. But I, I, I use cheese and rice. Cheese and rice? Oh, that's a nice one. Cheese and rice. Yeah. Ever, uh, cheese and rice, cheese and crackers. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
cheese and rice meat. Yeah, okay. Anyway, those uh, are stackers. So, uh, yeah, heredity uh, research suggests that there are certain genes that might be linked to PCOS, and yeah, and there seems to be kind of a theme that you'll notice is uh, excess androgen or male hormones. Uh, the ovaries produce an abnormally high level of these uh, things. Okay, we've already said that. So, um, cool. So, some other causes. Hey, Mark, do you want hypothalamic, to... hypothalamic dysfunction? Oh yeah, per... what were you going to say? Yeah, I, actually, uh, go ahead. I was uh, go ahead and take over. I am thirsty as fuck. I'm going to get something to drink. Okay. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay, go for it. So, uh, hypothalamic dysfunction: two hormones produced by the pituitary gland are responsible for stimulating ovulation every month. Follicle stimulating hormones (FH or FSH) and luteinizing hormone (LH). Except excess physical or good lord chris <laughs> excess physical or emotional stress very high or low very low body weight or recent substantial weight gain or loss can disrupt production of the hormones and affect ovulation irregular absent periods are the most common sign are the most common signs of this premature ovarian failure also called primary ovarian insufficiency, this disorder is usually caused by an autoimmune response or by premature loss of eggs from your ovary, possibly from genetics or chemotherapy, things like that. The ovary no longer produces eggs, and lower estrogen production in women uh, it lowers estrogen production in women under the age of forty, which then can lead to. Is everybody enjoying that dinging? I am. Makes me happy. So, Chris, I'm assuming he's back in the truck. I'm back. So, just so you, just so you know, Chris is actually so that he can record because uh, right now uh, mm -hmm. his bandwidth where he's living is not great. So, he uses his phone, but he's in a truck. And that explains why the entire time Chris was gone, the truck was dinging because the keys were in the ignition. I can actually edit out all my sound. <laughs> So you didn't actually need to mention that. You know what I'm going to do? Oh, no. I'm actually going to edit that out so it's gone. So when you say this, everyone's going to be like, what the fuck is he talking about? No, no, it's going to be even better because right before you came back on, I go, is everybody else enjoying the dinging sound? Because I am. It makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> so and then uh, too much prolactin. Uh, the pituitary gland may cause excessive production of prolactin or hypo, sorry, hyperprolactin, tinnemia. Oh, good Lord. Jesus Hyperprolactinemia. <laughs> Hyperprolactinemia. Oh, because you've never had problems with words on this show before. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, Mark, we all know I carry the show. Let me read you a review. <laughs> Cheese and cheese and rice. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you what the fans are saying. <laughs> the other guy seems to know what the hell he's talking. Well, okay. Yeah. Fans is an oversell. Fans is an oversell. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair. Fair. So the the pituitary gland may, may cause excess production of prolactin, which w reduces estrogen production and may cause infertility. Usually treated are usually related to a pituitary, a pituitary gland problem. This can also be caused by medications you're taking for other diseases. Yeah. So, so that next step we talked about earlier was eggs got to get released from the ovaries, but it's got to travel through the fallopian tubes, and eggs sometimes, get released, babe. yeah, it's got to walk that journey <laughs> to the promised land. <laughs> How else is it going to meet up with the sperm? Right, exactly. 
You want the sperm to go all the way to you? No, you got to meet halfway. Hell, out of twenty million of them, only one's going to find you to begin with when you're in the uterus. Do you think it's going to make the make the right the correct turn and go down the right fallopian tube? But you know no. though, that that actually makes sense if you think about it. that. One sperm out of twenty million is like the alpha sperm. I mean, because that was right. some competition. Hopefully. And here's the thing: <laughs> look, egg, you got to go through that one tube. Do you know how many tubes that sperm's already been through? <laughs> A lot of tubes, and most of them are smaller than the one you went through. Okay. <laughs> And this is where my choices bitching. have been made. You know, decisions yeah. were done. And this is where I end my bitching because there's nine months of hell ahead for the female. So we'll just stop right there. But still, I, I will tell you this. I have met women that I think have you both. to say the joy of creating a new life. Sure. That's a, that's a better way. <laughs> so I have met women that have enjoyed being pregnant and I have met women that have loathed being pregnant. I will mm-hmm. tell you this. I would be a loather. It looks miserable oh, yeah. it oh, looks yeah. terrible it is one of those one phrase that, i had a foot a foot stuck a foot stuck under my rib all night last night i'm out yeah that sounds terrible it was i don't uh, want a foot stuck under my rib all night long <laughs> it was one of the things like uh one of my friends it's funny because she actually put it like this she said i really enjoyed being pregnant i'm like okay and then she says she goes it's not really that bad it's just like you know having the flu for nine <laughs> months and not being able to get sleep with a lot of back pain and a lot of random pain, being nauseated and then ending with a ton of pain. But you're, <laughs> I was in there like, yes, yes, that sounds terrible. That's the terrible part I was talking about. And she's just like, yeah, but I mean, you just feel so in love the entire time. And I'm like, God, those hormones are great. <laughs> like, like we need to bottle those. Like when someone we need to bottle those and sell those. Yeah, someone's got to sell that shit because the rest of this looks miserable. So anyway, yeah. my sister said that being pregnant was great for the first month. Mm. You know. So anyway, go ahead, man. Oh yeah, so fallopian tubes. That one tube your egg has to uh, go down. Um, <laughs> oh, hang on. Is this a good sound effect for the show? Hang on a second. Hope that if it came over or not. That's me nope. putting my finger in a beer bottle. All right, so um, <laughs> people can think I'm an alcoholic on this show, I realize. For, for the record, a six-pack will last me a month. I'm just going to point that out. Mostly because I was going to say, uh, it's not just the people on the show, Chris. <laughs> right. Mostly because we record four episodes a month, yeah. and then I have two with yeah. uh, some random <laughs> So, uh, right. So damage to these fallopian tubes, these little uh, egg highways, if you will. So damage or block fallopian <laughs> tubes keep sperm from getting to the egg uh, or block the passage of the fertilized egg to the uterus. So the causes of fallopian tube damage or blockage can include... PID or pelvic inflammatory disease. This is an infection of the uterus and fallopian tubes due to chlamydia, gonorrhea, or other STDs. Or I'm sorry, STIs. We have an episode it on ama- STIs. It amazes me how many of our coworkers don't know what the uh, PID shuffle is. Yeah, and, and it was funny because that was something during. Uh, I remember being taught in class. So mm, me too. one of the things that'll happen if someone has PID or pelvic inflammatory disease is they it's really hard to take a full step or have a normal gait because you have such pain in your uterus and taking a full step causes some motion that's painful. So what you have is you basically have women that will shuffle to avoid mm-hmm. uh, the painful thing. It's called the PID shuffle. And mm. it was something that was taught in class. And uh, but I'm running the same thing Mark is. And that is you talk about the PID shuffle in your mm-hmm. abdominal pain patients and no one seems to know what the f you're talking about right so yeah it's bizarre so uh previous surgery in the abdomen or pelvis uh including surgery for an ectopic pregnancy in which a fertilized egg implants and develops in a fallopian tube instead of the uterus this is a very dangerous scenario by the way we won't dwell on it too Mm -hmm. much i want to say we actually have it 
I think we have a pregnancy episode where we actually talk about. Um, yeah, I believe we, we, we may have gone over it in uh, the OBGYN. Trying to regain some credibility here. Uh, OBGYN episode two. See, I was actually going to say what you said, but I didn't want to lose my credibility. So, uh, yeah, no, I think we did. Uh, but yeah, basically, when you have a. So, a baby is actually a pretty large thing. And it gets developed uh, inside a space that's built to stretch unless it implants near the fallopian tube or in the fallopian tube or sometimes even cold, which is called what an ectopic pregnancy, right? An ectopic pregnancy and gets fertilized. Then you have a baby basically growing in too small of a spot. And what can happen is that can rupture and tear open, causing severe amounts of pain, bleeding and then death infections. And death. Yeah, yeah. If it's not taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. That need, and it doesn't take long. It's not like you're in the seventh month before you really start noticing this. This is within days or weeks of getting pregnant because yeah. there's just no space. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So, so uh, pelvic tuberculosis. Now, this is a thing I didn't know. So, pelvic tuberculosis is a major cause of tubal infertility worldwide. Although it's uncommon in the United States. Tuberculosis in general is uncommon in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, but pelvic tuberculosis. Huh. Here you go, listeners. Uh, someone someone Google that. Google pelvic tuberculosis and get back to us because that's ooh, interesting. Ooh, pick me. Pick me. Pick uh, me. You're not a listener, Mark. I am listening to you. Listening to, well, fair, but that's only half the show. <laughs> so pelvic tuberculosis is often a silent disease. It is. Uh, so it's the kind of disease you want to have in a library. Yes, exactly. That's, sorry, that was a dumb uh, joke. Local tuberculosis, uh, tuberculosis lesions may appear on the external <laughs> genitalia. I'm sorry, you said tuberculosis at first. I'm sitting there like, was this a Greek myth that I missed? Was this like one of the Greek gods? It's like, yeah, Hercules and his lesser known brother, tuberculosis. Tuberculosis always had a nasty cough. His common cause of infertility is, however, the condition is definitely on the rise in the United States as a result of the influx of immigrants from Asia. Oh. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what the cause is here. Evidence of... Um, hey, can you uh, hear me prominent... okay? Yeah. Okay, because I said tuberculosis earlier and made some Greek jokes, and you didn't laugh as much as you should have, because that was really funny. I was singing. Yeah. <laughs> tuberculosis, tuberculosis. Oh. Sorry, real quick. Ha, 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 ha. Chris, you carry the show. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's perfect. Yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> especially in a, Chris, you carry the show. So heartfelt. So heartfelt. No, I really feel it. I really feel it, Mark. So there, uh, evidence of a commitment. <laughs> Uncommitant of I just uh, pulmonary know. tuberculosis. Every time I screw up from now on, I'd be like, oh, yeah, Chris, really carrying the show. <laughs> That's you go, good. Yeah, you're the, For you're life. the anchor. Yeah. <laughs> captain, my captain. So, uh, it sounds like it's... Uh, see, 20 patients, so it's... Uh, go ahead and keep talking. I'll come back to this. Hey, no worries. So let's talk about endometriosis. So endometriosis, uh, this occurs when bits of tissue that line the uterus called the endometrium grow on other pelvic organs, such as the ovaries or the fallopian tubes. Okay. Should be staying inside the uterus. Outside the uterus, uh, endometrial tissue thickens and bleeds just as a normal endometrium does during the menstrual cycle. However, if it's in the right spot during the menstrual cycle, the bleed is, uh, the blood is wasted appropriately if it's bleeding elsewhere can cause some trouble so with endometriosis displaced endometrial tissue excuse me continues to act 
as it normally mm, would. Good radio right there. <laughs> I can cut that shit out. I'll hail the, ele- the editor. I think that's why people think I carry the show, because I just edit myself to be perfect. <laughs> and sometimes, and actually, just so you guys know, like, basically, Mark says funny stuff, I repeat it in editing, and then cut out when he says it. That's, that's actually how this works. So if you think I'm the funny one, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm kidding. That's not true. Uh, so displaced endometrial tissue continues to act as it normally would. It will thicken. It's going to break down and it's going to bleed with every menstrual cycle. But because this displaced tissue has no way to exit your body, it's going to become trapped. When endometriosis involves the ovaries, uh, cysts called endometriomas may form. Surrounding tissue can then become irritated and eventually develop scar tissue and adhesions. Uh, adhesions are like abnormal bands of fibrous tissue that cause pelvic tissues and organs to stick together, to adhere to one another, you could say. So, symptoms. Well, the primary symptom of endometriosis is pelvic pain. So, often associated with menstrual periods, although many experience cramping during their menstrual periods, those with endometriosis typically describe menstrual pain that's far, 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 far worse than usual. So, pain may also increase over time. Common signs and symptoms... Blah, blah, blah. So, some common signs and symptoms of endometriosis include... Painful periods, also known as dysmenorrhea. Pelvic pain and cramping may begin before and extend several days into a menstrual period. You may also have lower back and abdominal pain as well. Uh, Pain with intercourse. Uh, Pain during or after sex is common with endometriosis. Get a penis up there just to stir things around. Um, (laughs) Gonna cut that one. Uh, Pain with... (laughs) Pain with bowel movements or urination, you're most likely to experience these symptoms during a menstrual period. Uh, Excessive bleeding, you may experience occasional heavy menstrual periods or bleeding between periods. Uh, Infertility, which is the whole reason we're talking about this. So sometimes endometriosis is first diagnosed in those seeking treatment for infertility. Uh, That may be when it's discovered. Other signs and symptoms, you may experience fatigue, diarrhea, constipation, bloating, nausea, especially during your menstrual periods. The severity of your pain isn't necessarily a reliable indicator, though, of endometriosis. So okay, when you're ready to hear about uh, pelvic tuberculosis, uh, very shortly here, Let me just, I'm just going to wrap okay. this up. Uh, so you could have some mild endometriosis with severe pain that could still be causing infertility, uh, or you could have advanced endometriosis also with little or no pain. It really depends on where this uh, excess tissue winds up, uh, how well is it able to get out of the body, what happens to it when it becomes trapped. So your pain level can vary uh, widely and certainly not a way to diagnose by itself hit us with pelvic tuberculosis so pelvic tuberculosis is an infectious disease caused by the bacterium my uh, mycobacterium tuberculosis or mycobacterium bovis mm. uh, the mycobacterium tuberculosis being 95 percent of the problem here and the bovis bovis fashion being coming in at a slight five percent uh, so here's the problem with this Generally, people are asymptomatic for 10 to 20 years. Wow. When it comes down to pelvic uh, tuberculosis. And usually one of the reasons it it gets diagnosed is because by that time, you're sterile. And so uh, minimal pelvic tuberculosis is usually symptomless, except for sterility. And pelvic examination fails to reveal evidence of tubal enlargement or tubal ovarian masses. This type of uh, pelvic tuberculosis has been described as latent or unsuspected, and it should be emphasized that even though enlargement of the tubes cannot be palpated, they are involved in the tuberculosis process. Hmm. 
and it's uh, almost always, uh, practically always, bilateral, so it's both sides. In advanced pelvic tuberculosis, palpable masses are present in the uh, adnexa and bacteriologic or microscopic examination of the uterine secretions. And and, uterine secretions and endometrium reveals its tuberculosis. So that's in the advanced form. So you can have this, never know it, and end up sterile because of it. Damn. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. All right. So... That was interesting. So causes of uh, endometriosis, kind of the little shift back there. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks for looking that up, though, Mark. I was actually really curious about that. I'm like, huh, I thought that was a lung yeah. disease. Uh, Sometimes when you're doing the research, you see something like that, but you're so busy kind of focusing on the main subject. <laughs> you're like, well, oh, yeah, I meant to go back and check that out, didn't I? <laughs> that's the problem with doing a podcast on health in the human body is that everything in your human body is linked to something else in the human body in one way or another. Oh, yeah. And if you chase oh, down every little rap, Mark and I have a hard enough problem sticking to a script for this show as is. We've already, because <laughs> I will tell you this, my balls nowhere in this script how much time have we spent on them well let's just say that clock's running again really really too much is eddie is too much yeah eddie is too much but hey we're back all the time Uh, but the thing is 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 that your your message was on point guys get a vasectomy yeah it is so easy if you and your spouse or you and your uh the person you're with don't want any more children be the one to step up and take this well i'm gonna put it this way let me put it this way. I initially did not want to get it, but there's no way that I could look at my wife who just had two children and be like, yeah, I don't want to go through the pain. <laughs> like, how do you sell that one? Sounds really uncomfortable, honey. <laughs> like, how, how do you straight face that shit? Yeah, I don't want to be laid yeah. up for three to four days watching yeah. football. I just don't know if I can handle it. What are you, 18 so, months now but, of having kids? <laughs> All right, anyway, so uh, retrograde <laughs> menstruation. In retrograde Which menstruation, is this a is horrifying. Of, just a second, real quick. Mm-hmm. Retrograde menstruation, when I read this, I find that a horrifying, horrifying couple of words. Because menstruation in and of itself sounds bad, but then to have a retrograde version of it. Wow. Just sounds horrifying. Oh, it goes backwards. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So this is one of the causes of endometriosis. So... <clears throat> In retrograde menstruation, menstrual blood containing the endometrial cells that we talked about earlier flows back through the fallopian tubes and into the pelvic cavity, uh, into the pelvic cavity instead of out of the body. So the displaced endometrial cells are going to stick to the pelvic walls and surfaces of other pelvic organs where they grow and continue to thicken and they bleed over the course of each menstruation cycle. Yeah, that's the thing about it is that uh, no matter where they end up, they will continue the cycle. So it's not like they go out into the pelvic cavity and they die. Yeah. They will attach to something. And so you will get internal bleeding from this. Yeah. Yeah. So So transformation of peritoneal cells, another cause of endometriosis, uh, and what's called the induction theory. Experts propose that hormones or immune factors promote transformation of the peritoneal cells, cells that lie on the inner side of your abdomen into endometrial cells. Embryonic cell transformation, hormones such as estrogen may transform embryonic cells, cells in the earliest stages of development, into endometrial cells, uh, cell implants during puberty. Surgical scar implantation after a surgery, such as a hysterectomy or a C-section, endometrial cells may attach to the surgical incision. 
endometrial, endometrial cell transport. The blood vessels uh, or tissue fluid, lymphatic uh, system, may transport endometrial cells to other parts of the body and immune system disorder. Uh, a problem with the immune system may make the body unable to recognize and destroy endometrial tissue that's growing outside the uterus. So, complications. Mark, hit us. Infer- uh, the main complication of endometriosis is impaired fertility. I love the way you were coming product- at that, though. You're like, infertility. And you're like, no, nope, yes. back it down. A little, mm-hmm. little too yeah. hard. Yeah, pump the brakes. Pump <clears throat> the brakes. Uh, approximately one-third to one-half of women with endometriosis have difficulty getting pregnant. For pregnancy to occur, an egg must be released from the ovary, travel the fallopian highway to the uh, to the uterus, become fertilized by the sperm cell. We covered this earlier. Endometri- endometri- endometriosis. Wow, it's doing so good too. Eh. May obstruct the tube and keep the egg and sperm from uniting. Again, that's a very nice, pleasant way of putting that. Sounds like anti-union activity. But the condition also seems to act uh, affect fertility in less direct ways, such as damaging the egg or sperm. Even so, with many mild to moderate endometriosis, I'm sorry, even so many with mild to moderate endometriosis can still conceive and carry a pregnancy to term. Doctors sometimes advise those with endometriosis not to, not to delay having children because the condition may worsen with time. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the next one's going to be cancer. Uh, ovarian cancer does not occur at higher than expected rates in those with endometriosis, but the overall lifetime risk of ovarian cancer is low to begin with. Some studies suggest that endometriosis increases the risk, but it's still relatively low. Although rare, uh, another type of Kansas, Kansas, <laughs> well, you know. although rare, another type of cancer, uh, endometriosis associated adenocarcinoma. Wow, nailed that one. Uh, can develop later in life but cancer, with those who have no, had... And- can't, can't get that one. <laughs> can develop in life in those who have had endometriosis. So... Is your dog's name Toto? No. Okay. His name's Willie. You've met him. Yeah, I know. I have met your Willie many times. <laughs> You've met my Willie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And here we are back to something that has absolutely nothing to do with... Had him in my hands. Podcast. First time I saw him was actually the back of your car. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. At work, actually. <laughs> just so you know, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna use a picture of him to uh, promote the podcast this week, just so people know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, perfect. Um, <laughs> so, uterine or uh, cervical ca- causes. Several uterine or cervical causes can impact fertility by interfering with implementation. Wow, implantation. By interfering with implantation <laughs> or increasing the likelihood of miscarriage. Benign polyps or tumors, fibroids or myomas are common in the uterus. Some can block fallopian tubes and interfere with implantation, affecting fertility. However, many women who have fibroids or polyps do become pregnant. Uh, Endometriosis scarring or inflammation within the uterus can disrupt implantation. God, they keep going back to that word. Strange. It's all not cancer. You know, I mean, because at least it's not Kansas. Right. (laughs) I say strange to keep going back to that word. It's almost as though implantation is very important to pregnancy. Uh, Uterine abnormalities present from birth, such as abnormally an abnormally shaped uterus. I wonder if wandering uterus has wandering uterus has anything to do with this. (laughs) Oh, what episode was that? Medical myths. No, it wasn't. Uh, no, no, it was uh, medical oddities. No, you medical oddities or medical uh, diagnosis that no longer exists or something like yeah, that. Like, yeah, like medical yeah. oddities, bullshit medical practices, whatever. I mean, that yeah. wasn't the title of the episode, but that's what we were talking about. 
Yeah, with the wandering uterus. Yeah. So, uh, abnormal shape of the uterus can cause problems becoming or remaining pregnant. Cervical stenosis, the narrowing of the cervix, can be caused by an inherited malformation or damage to the cervix. And uh, sometimes the cervix can't produce the type, the best type of mucus to allow the sperm to travel through the cervix into the uterus. Okay. And then we have unexplained fertility. You're infertile. We have no idea why. Things you love to hear from your doctors. Right. Uh, sometimes the, the cause <laughs> of infertility enjoys is a never good, found. Uh, a good... Eh, from shrug. a doctor, yeah. you know, <laughs> a good shrug and next, you know, yeah, it's kind of funny. So, so. Um, we have we, we we have EKGs as, as paramedics. Obviously, that's a very common tool. We talk about it a lot, and the yeah, EKG. And one of the things we do is a twelve lead EKG, which is a more uh, thorough look at your heart. And the computer will try and tell you what it thinks it is. And I always joke around because if the computer ever comes out and says it's normal sinus rhythm, there is literally nothing there because the computer almost always finds something. Wait. And that's something it will err on the side of something horrible. And that something horrible <laughs> is almost always just the computer going, "Eh, this is weird here." <laughs> I don't know why. That's basically what it boils down to 90% of the time. I don't want to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so. Not going to tell you it's good. Too much liability, but... Right. So, yeah, when it comes up as normal sinus rhythm, you're like, so still want to go to the hospital? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't need a paramedic anymore. So, sometimes the cause of the infertility is never found. A combination of several minor factors in both partners can be uh, can cause unexplained fertility problems. Although it's frustrating to get no specific answers, the problem may correct itself with time, but you shouldn't delay uh, treatment for uh, infertility. So, risk factors. Ooh, all right. So, mm -hmm. Tab me and Mark. So, risk factors. You can do it. Just, just no, no, that's fine. You know, I mean, how about we both do it? That'll work well. All right, perfect. Let's. Uh, all right, I'll do. Uh, tell you what. Let's just. You know what? Risk factors. Certain risk factors uh, may put you at a higher risk for infertility, including Mark. Uh, age. The quality and quantity of a woman's egg begin to decline with increasing age. In the mid thirties, the rate of follicle loss uh, of follicle loss speeds, resulting in fewer and poorer quality eggs. This makes conception more difficulty and increases the risk of miscarriage. Chris. Smoking. Smoking, uh, besides damaging your cervix and fallopian tubes, smoking increases your risk for, of miscarriage and ectopic pregnancy. It is also thought to age your ovaries and deplete your eggs prematurely. Stop smoking before beginning infertility treatment. Stop smoking in general because it's bad for everything. Mark. <laughs> Uh, weight. Being overweight and, or significantly underweight may affect normal ovulation. Uh, getting a healthy body mass index, the BMI, may increase the frequency of ovulation and the likelihood of pregnancy. Chris. Sexual history. Sexually transmitted infections such as chlamydia and gonorrhea can damage the fallopian tubes. Having unprotected intercourse with multiple partners may increase your risk of sexually transmitted infection that cause fertility and problems later. Mark. Alcohol. Stick to a moderate alcohol consumption of no more than one alcoholic drink per day. Bullshit. Chris. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, well, I think if you're, if you're having problems with infertility. Okay. Well, I'm not. Or not. Well, I am having problems with infertility, but again, vasectomy. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, prevention for women trying to think about. Uh, for, oh, sorry, for women thinking about getting trying to think about uh, for women thinking about getting pregnant or uh, soon or in the future. These tips may help optimize fertility, maintain normal weight. Overweight and underweight women, as we mentioned before, are at an Whoa, increased slow risk. Slow down, of trigger. Slow down. You were burning through this, man. You're talking uh, really, really fast. <laughs> uh, so we have a street drugs episode. 
What? Nothing. Who <laughs> said we have a street drugs episode? <laughs> anyway. All right. For women thinking about getting pregnant soon or in the future, these tips may help optimize fertility. Maintain a normal weight. Overweight and underweight women are at increased risk of ovulation disorders. If you need to lose weight, exercise moderately. Strenuous, intense exercise of more than five hours a week has been associated with decreased ovulation. Mark. Uh, quit smoking. We've gone over this on a thousand shows. Stop it. Knock it off. Avoid alcohol. <laughs> mm. Actually, heavy alcohol use can lead to decreased infertility, especially on the uh, on the guy's side. Reference the uh, Dead Kennedy song, Too Drunk to Fuck. <laughs> so I was actually going to start that uh, I thought drinking alcohol caused a few pregnancies. Well, yes, but it can lead to uh, if you're over. You know, yes, I'm just going to say. Sure. Uh, I think me, I'm, I was born the end of September, roughly 40 weeks after New Year's. So, mm. yeah, most people like to think that they're, uh, you know, conceived in a moment of love and compassion and just, you know, general marital bliss. Basically, you're a drunken stupor on uh, New Year's <laughs> Eve. One of the two. Basically, your mom, so. <laughs> your dad was doing your mom after a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I hope my mom doesn't listen to this episode, but anyway, moving on. Mark! Chris! Oh, <laughs> reduce stress. <laughs> Some studies have shown that couples experiencing psychological stress had poorer results with infertility poorer. treatment. Yeah, poorer. Poorer. Uh, poor, poor, <laughs> poorer. Uh, if you can... Uh, find a way to reduce stress in your life before trying find a way to reduce, reduce stress in your life anyway, but also... Well, and what's one thing that can reduce your personal stress? Sex. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very true. So limit caffeine. Uh, research suggests that limiting no, caffeine no, to stop, less than two. Stop, stop, stop. Mark. Uh -huh. Oh, limit caffeine. Res uh, research suggests that limiting caffeine intake to less than 200 milligrams a day shouldn't affect your ability to get pregnant. That's about one or two cups of six to eight ounces of coffee per day. All right. So, so some common, common medicinos. Chris, uh, wait. Uh, some common persons <laughs> used to treat infertility in women include, God damn it, Mark, uh, Clomid. Uh, this medicine causes <laughs> ovulation <Kansas>. by acting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So for anyone who can't see our prep sheet, which is literally all of you, it's actually called, this is actually clomiphene citrate. And then, but right. in parentheses, it's like clomid. So I'm like, I'm going with that one. Yeah. Uh, this medicine causes ovulation by acting on the pituitary gland. It's often used in women who have uh, polycystic ovary syndrome, or PCOS, or other problems with ovulation. So, this medication is taken by mouth. Mark. Human menopausal gondrotropin, or HMG, uh, Repronex, or Perganol. This medicine is often used for women who don't ovulate due to problems with their pituitary gland. HMG acts directly on the ovaries to stimulate the, ov the ovulation. It is, injected, it is an injected medication. All right. Chris. Um, Follicle-stimulating hormone, or FISH. <laughs> or FSH. God, I don't want to get a one-star review. Crap. Right. Uh, or FSH. <laughs> uh, FSH works much like HMG, causing ovaries to begin the process of ovulation. These medicines are also usually injected. Uh, Gonadotropin-releasing hormone, stealing this from Mark. Uh, I'm sorry, gonadotropin- <laughs> Slide in for the steal. Boom. Uh, Gonadotropin-releasing hormone analog. These medicines are often used for women who don't ovulate regularly each month. Women who ovulate before the egg is ready can also use these medicines. Uh, GNRH analogs act on the pituitary gland to change when the body ovul ovulates. 
Uh, these medicines are usually injected or given with a nasal spray. Oh, this is interesting. Mark. Yeah. Metformin or glucophage. Doctors, well, this I'm assuming has to do with the insulin resistance. Doctors use this medication for women who have insulin resistance. Look at that. Nailed it. Wow. Uh, and or PCOS, the um, polycystic thing in my bob we were talking about earlier. Uh, the drug helps lower the levels of male hormones in women with these conditions. This helps the body ovulate. Sometimes... Uh, <laughs> Clomiphene citrate, or FSH, is combined with metformin, and this medication is usually taken by mouth. All right. Chris. All right. Uh, Bromocryptine, or Parlodel. This medicine is used for women with ovulation problems due to high levels of prolactin. Prolactin is a hormone that causes milk production. Mark, finish it off. So, many fertility drugs increase a woman's chance of having twins or triplets or multiples. Women who are pregnant... Uh, women's... Women's. Women who are pregnant with multiple fetuses have more problems during pregnancy. Uh, multiple fetuses have a high risk of being born too early. Uh, premature babies are at a higher risk for health and developmental problems. So, I thought and I briefly toyed with doing a bit on Octomom on here, but I really couldn't find a way to make it legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't. So... Yeah. I don't know if any of you remember Octomom. She's a lady who, for some strange reason, she had tried many times to get pregnant through in vitro fertilization uh, or intrauterine, intrauterine insemination and hadn't taken. So, she wanted all of her eggs put into her at one time. She thought she had uh, six eggs from the best I could tell, but was was uh, ultimately implanted was a total of 12 eggs and eight of them took. So she ended up having eight children at one time. Wow. So. And I remember Octomom was <clears throat> right around the time where for whatever reason, the media glommed on to every single multiple pregnancy out there because you had John and Kate plus eight was really big. Mm -hmm. You had news stories left and right of another couple in Birmingham uh, had uh, triplets today, yeah. you know, like that. Yeah. And then Octomom came out. And I, I want to say, I don't remember what it was. There was something about Octomom that ended up really like she was going to have a show and then all of a sudden people just started distancing themselves from her. I don't remember exactly what that well, was. Because... Um I know her, her reasonings were never really found to be all that solid for doing this. And her afterwards, it really, I th if I remember correctly, it came across as she was, she may have like done it for attention. Oh yeah. Sort to of try and, you know, yeah. try and generate. And, uh, so I think there was just a, there was just a perception there legitimate or not that she really wasn't doing this for the most uh, noble of reasons. You know, although it should be noticed that the Octomon's octuplets are the only are only the second full set of octuplets to be born alive in the United States. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was an amazing, it was an amazing medical achievement. But like I said, just people didn't feel that she was. I don't know. They just there was a lack of sincerity there about why doing it, you know. So, uh, you can also, if drugs don't work, you can do uh, intrauterine insemination. This is an infer infertility treatment that is often called artificial insemination. In this procedure, the woman is injected with specially prepared sperm. <laughs> okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you really, uh, we're going to have to step up on this one. We're going to have to give it 110%, okay? Uh, Defeat is not an option, so. Uh, sometimes right. a woman is also treated with medicines that stimulate uh, ovulation before the IUI. 
Okay, so this is the thing. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Back to Octobomb. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Public reaction turned negative when it was discovered that Octomom already had six other children and was unemployed. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and she was unemployed and on public assistance programs. Uh, she conceived the octuplets uh, and her six older children via in vitro fertilization. Although she initially denied ever having used public assistance, she confirmed on April 2012 on NBC's Today Show that she was indeed utilizing public assistance. Okay, well, there you go. All right. So the IUI is often used to treat uh, mild male factor infertility, women who have problems with their cervical mucus, and couples with unexplained infertility. Chris. I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) Assisted reproductive technology is a group of uh, different methods used to help infertile couples. Art works by removing eggs from a woman's body. The eggs are then mixed with the sperm to make embryos, and the embryos are then uh, put back into the woman's body. Now, success rates are going to vary. Oh, now you're back. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to depend on many... I got to carry the show, Mark. Uh, It's going to (laughs) depend... On many factors. Some things... I hate you. Uh, <laughs> uh, some things that impact the success rate of art include the age of the partners, uh, the reasons for infertility, the clinic they're at. Like, don't... It's more of an art than a science. Right. Don't, ah, don't do this. Art. Ah, ah, that, that was just weird. reproductive technology. Yeah. Basically, like, don't get this done at Walmart. Right. That's all I'm saying. Now, Walmart, if you'd like a sponsorship, in that case, get this done at Walmart. Uh, all right. Type of art uh, being done. If the egg is fresh or frozen. I don't know. I'm, never mind. If the egg is fresh or frozen. If the embryo is fresh or frozen. So the U.S. Uh, well, I think the fresh or frozen ties into the Walmart comment. That's why it's funny. That's, yeah, that is why I left. Uh, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or CDC, collects success rates on art and some fertility clinics. According to a 2014 CDC report on art, the average percentage of art cycles that led to a live birth were 39% in women under the age of 35, 30%, 35 to 37, 21%, 37 to 40, and 11% and women aged 41 to 42 and apparently they just didn't do any more after that uh, art can be expensive and time consuming but it has allowed many couples to have children that otherwise would have not been conceived so uh, the most common complications of art uh, is going to be multiple fetuses q octomom but this is a problem that can be prevented and minimized in several different ways yeah so that's infertility Toast. Bye. As far as we Show. know. <laughs> we got a couple more things to do. Do you have anything else? Do you have any more Octomom fun stories? No, I, I'm, I'm curious about her now because it's one of those things where, so when it comes down to it, I, I think I understand the initial outlash of, look, you're, you're using public assistance stuff. Maybe you shouldn't be having more kids right now because you really can't afford right. to have more kids. But it's also one of and those I think things. That was part of it. People got the perception that she was doing this to try and generate money. Income. Yeah. Well, and I think that might be a valid concern. I mean, at the same time. But at the same time, like, I don't think just because you're. Hmm, that, that, that is not really a topic for this show because there's part of me. It's like, you know, just because you have a financial situation or something that exists, does that mean you should be deprived of the joy of children? But at the same time, why are you in that financial situation? Is that something that you should attend to well, first? Was, nobody, she's not, it wasn't like she was deprived of the joy of children. She had six. That's true. Then she wanted to have eight <laughs> you know, more. And so, uh, 
So, you know, it's uh, the thing is, is that this is looking at it from the outside. Yeah, that's true. We weren't part of her life. We weren't part of her decision-making problem. Uh, not, not problems, but decision-making process. Well, um, but I think the other you know, thing also we is... Don't know, we don't truly know what the reason behind it was. Well, and I think the other thing, too, is that there's some other stuff that she ended up uh, doing that was kind of uh, shady. Like, I want to say she ended up doing uh, pornographic films... No, she did a pornographic film that was not your typical, it wasn't a regular porno Yeah, where it was like, you know, ding dong, oh, the pool man's here. It was a uh, self-pleasuring porno. Oh, yeah. So, she was the only one in it and she did that. And that was a, at a point probably where, yeah, she needed money because she'd always said she wouldn't do that. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, t- it's tough to make a judgment when you're not in the situation. So, I can see people's hesitancy for public funds supporting this, but, you know, you really want to be the one to tell a woman that she's not going to have children, like you said. But she had children. I don't know. Ah, Moving on. Anyway, moving on. So, uh, that's all I have on female infertility. Uh, Zaysha, again, thank you very much. God, that name. Uh, I know. It's wonderful. Yeah. I may rename my daughter. (laughs) How old's your daughter? (laughs) Uh, 20. Is she going to find this a little jarring? You think? (laughs) Hey, um, she's going to come over and be yeah. like, hey, Zaysha. Yeah. She's like, what? what? <laughs> What's really going to be weird is when she uh, pulls out her uh, driver's license to, like, if she gets pulled over and the cop's like, okay, so Zaysha Frankham? And she's like, what the hell? Looks at it and I've had it changed on her driver's nice. license. Nice. And then slipped it into her wallet. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. creep level right there. So, so, hey, thank you all for listening. Uh, we will be back next week with another episode. If you want to get a hold of us on the uh, social medias, uh, we're on. Twitter at Medside Stuff, M-E-D-S-I-D-E-S-T-U-F-F. Uh, we're on Instagram at Medical Stuff 52, and we're on Facebook at Medical Stuff. And if you want to send us an email, please do so at MedSideStuff at Yahoo.com. And, oh, and I want to add one more thing before we close off with Toast here. We have gotten a few messages from a few dedicated fans. Uh, yes, our regular rhythm has been off a little bit lately. There are some life uh, happenings that have slowed down our regular duo recordings. However, fear not. These are all temporary things, and we'll be back on track very, very shortly. Mm-hmm. And uh, Absolutely. Things are looking really good with the podcast. Yeah, our numbers, numbers are, right are up. up again. Numbers are up again now. To what they were before they started, uh, they went through a process where they changed the way they were counting episode downloads and listens. Yeah. And it cut us by about 45, 50%. Yeah, it's a big big cut. And we're now getting, yeah, and now we're getting back to the numbers we had before that. So I'm stoked. Well, this was a, Uh, this was excited. Yeah, this was a recent boom too. So I'm wondering how long this is going to go because we recently just got a shot. So I think we must have like hit a track somewhere. I don't know, but. Yeah. That or Spotify numbers so are finally coming through. But <laughs> um, no, 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 still not coming through because Spotify is a different set of numbers. Thank so, you to everybody who's emailed us from uh, letting us know you're on Spotify. We do appreciate that. Uh, if you have any questions and you have or you have ideas for a show, we always welcome those because although we will come up with ideas, we like to know what people are interested in. Yeah. And so, right now we've, we have a huge amount of ideas. So we're no shortage of yeah. material. That's for sure. Yeah. But never. Never keep that from you sending in your idea because there will come a time where it's a dry spell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we will, uh, it may take a couple of days, but we will answer every email. We'll answer, uh, you know, 
Facebook. Get to everything. Sometimes I miss like Instagram messages for a week or something like that. But Chris and I keep on top of this. So we appreciate the feedback. We appreciate y'all listening. And we can't wait to talk to you next week, too. Yeah. So have a great week and we will talk to you soon. Toast. Toast.